1: to the lark cast it is a monday it's a crisp 31 degrees in chicagoland Mm. it's getting down into what the 70s now in florida yeah
0: man i think it's like 72 out right now feels fantastic It'll, it'll be 87 later but but uh yeah we enjoy the mornings man crisp air 72 with a nice actually put hoodie a flannel and a beanie on. Oh, flannel, <laughs> beanie. Especially when I walk my dog, man. It's chilly out there. My wife's listening yeah. to this. She's like, who are you kidding? You're not
1: walking the dog. <laughs> <laughs> man, I hate when the wives can always like check our stories, you know. Can't yeah. really get away with a lot no. around them.
0: No, I need to I need to back that one up and say when I go outside in the morning to say hello to her is she's walking the dog. <laughs>
1: Bye, honey. Have a good walk.
0: I'll be here. <laughs> That's when I experienced the the drinking more coffee.
1: Well, drinking more
0: coffee. Yeah, well, you got to make I play it, it If I play the time right, it will run out with her pouring the last cup. And then she'll be compelled to make more. Dude, if you kill it, you got to fill it. That's right. See, it's not just good news that we offer on this podcast. There's even like life lessons, insights. Life lessons. Right? There's some skill set, dude, after 25 years of marriage right there. that I You can might want some more. Yeah, you might want listeners.
1: some more coffee. But let that last little bit sit there. Let your yep. spouse take the last bit. Then they're obligated to they make are. another pot. It's kind of like a beautiful...
0: illustration about how Christianity works you know when you think about it (laughs) just you know different systems tools and tactics right tools and tips that you can put into play
1: tools and tips um,
0: to bring about a needed structure and a place and a system that you can uh, a system that you can play right hmm that works towards the obligation of certain desires right Ob- you know they really put the obligation on people man to just step up the game get some things together here and some of these things you know we learn from making coffee in the morning
1: i found that whenever you can manipulate people you know just do it just take <laughs> advantage <laughs> Oh man, sometimes I
0: feel bad, you know. People listening to us and they're like, "Man, are these dudes for real? <laughs> is this is this seriously happening?" But
1: hey, on another note. Just kidding. Well, on another note, um me and my uh creative agency crew, we traveled to um Columbus, Ohio last week and another lark john Kappel, um mm-hmm. he's been making some making some waves in the um, steam system boiler operation really like at large just the just the industrial space doing a lot of cool things we we recorded a training uh for him and uh oh, um, this was definitely you know, it, it was it was a grind you know getting you know capturing all the footage and and all that but know we like to have have fun you know when all the work is the work is done and it was definitely one of those trips where we wish rush johnson was with us um (laughs) because somewhere in the middle of this trip we had decided to see how many luggage carts we could collect in our room (laughs) and i don't know how we ended up with two it's kind of crazy like we had one kept in our room we're like oh we'll bring it we'll bring all this like you know camera you know stuff and all this equipment down in the morning, but we just grabbed it by hand. Like we were, I think it was in the morning. We were we we're like barely up, you know, we weren't thinking. So we grabbed another one the next morning, we come into our room, we had two. And then once you have two, well, it's game's I mean, you, you pretty much got to, got to see how many you can collect. So our goal was five. We were not <laughs> able to get five, but we did get four and there's there's oh okay there's this video all four that belong to the hotel we couldn't even get into our room dude. we had to like walk sideways down the hallway my belly was like barely sneaking through so you basically turned your room into like a parkour course (laughs) yes and when we (laughs) excuse me ninja warrior lark style when we got the fourth one we asked somebody we're like hey is there a luggage cart anywhere that we can, we could get mind you at this time, we had no, we had nothing to put on the cart. when we asked for it. We were just completely empty handed. She was like, yeah, like we're really low right now. Some of the, you know, some of the guests, Mm -hmm. they just take them and they put them in their room and they leave them there. They don't bring them back. We're like, really? They're like, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just reality. We're like, man, that's just so rude. You know, that's just so, so inconsiderate so we got a fourth one we got a fourth one up there and we ended up riding scooters around columbus which reminded us of the time that me and you were riding scooters around san diego um but we were
0: (laughs) i almost almost, died
1: i almost died The time time when you almost
0: died right in front of me when you decided to just with a big giant smile not paying attention shoot across an exit ramp to the highway And you were so oblivious, dude, to <laughs> the fact that you almost got ran over by construction. I was having,
1: truck. I was having fun. I was having fun.
0: Oh um,
1: man, yeah, yeah, we were going off road with these things, and um, yeah. Uh, my buddy Parker, who you know, he's he's come on some Lark trips and captured some footage yep. for us and stuff. Dude, you would have thought this dude was trying to get sponsored by like random scooters. <laughs> Like God, you have made a <laughs> video of that. He was <laughs> about to ink a Nike deal for like red scooter trips. Dude was going <laughs> off road. He was like surfing these hills. <laughs> it was great. We were laying, oh, splitting, man. dude, going between cars, blowing red lights. <laughs> it uh, we got yelled at a couple times. Just yeah. good, clean fun, you know. Good, clean shenanigans yes. from
0: fathers of children and owners of business
1: Mm -hmm. leaders in their industries (laughs) we were dying laughing but the funniest (laughs) part was at one point i'm driving down the road this is like downtown columbus and you know it's a four and a half hours away from my house and i i rode past this dude and i go don and all of a sudden you hear tony and our whole crew like no comes way. back. Yeah, we ran into this dude from from Crown Point. He's like, "What the hell are you doing out here?" Man? I'm like, "Bro, what are you doing out here,
0: <laughs> dude?" It was awesome. He's like, "Tony, are you guys? Are you in a band? Are y'all making a music <laughs> video right now,
1: dude?" It's know. so it's so dumb though because some of these scooters, they have it to where like there's certain parts of the city you can't it can't ride them. So, like, in the nicer part of, you know, the town where, like, the nicer restaurants are, even, like, down by, like, the river, you know, where it would be the best sort of, like, you know, scooter riding, you know, Mm -hmm. stretch. Your thing starts beeping. It lights up purple. It won't let you ride it. I'm like, man, what the hell kind of communist stuff is this, dude? Just about to say, man. Telling me I can't ride my scooter.
0: Communism now creeping in on the scooter industry. They're infringing
1: on my rights, man.
0: What do you do in this world, bro? What do you do? You don't
1: tell me. You don't tell me.
0: Don't be trying to make that all a Southern thing. (laughs) (laughs) I had a dude the other day I bumped into from Boston just yelling about that with his accent. these cars telling us, beeping at me every three seconds, telling me what to do and where to drive and how to drive and braking for me and gassing for me and
1: what is going on. <laughs> well, it's like Rory Scoville says, you know, every city is racist. The problem with the South is they just can't shut up about it. Yeah. I was raised <laughs> in the South. I was raised. What do you say? Pride. Certain sense of pride from the South. Rest of the country calls it racism. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Pride <laughs> with a tinge of tinge honesty. Of honesty. <laughs> oh man. Oh dude,
0: that was funny. Two. I mean, oh my gosh, just thinking about those trips, man. The scooters. I think this is this is the. It's how do I put this, man? It, it's the heart of play, right? It's the. It's the joy of not taking ourselves too seriously that yes. I think really allows us to just look at a scooter or we're on a work trip and say, hey, we got an hour. We could go sit in a coffee shop and open our laptops and pretend like we're sending more emails as if we haven't already done that today. Or or we could go hit that Shake Jack right there. and uh, And when we're too full to move, try to ride these scooters. <laughs>
1: yes through the city let's go break some laws on scooters
0: yeah this is the good news that's it man that's the episode today folks that's all we're thanks for
1: joining us today
0: (laughs) (laughs) but on a more serious getting
1: into today
0: well with that story as our backdrop I'd like to just draw a little comparison, okay? To paint, to paint an illustration for you. Yes, that leads into Galatians chapter two. Mm. And I'm just kidding. I don't feel like there's any connection that can be made there.
1: <laughs>
0: that's, Ooh, that's uh, not it's true. Just not
1: gonna. Happen. We're talking about but, you know, talking about freedom. Paul's fighting the man, dude. Paul is fighting a battle. Um, but we're still fighting today and in chapter two, it kind of comes to a head and we can all be thankful for Paul's resiliency, um, and desire to preserve the authenticity yeah. of the gospel. Yeah. And you just got to fight for your right to party, dude. You Paul's do. fighting for his right to party. You do.
0: And it's a needed thing, especially, right, in in this day where he's getting followed around everywhere he goes by these Judaizers that are just undoing the good news. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems like in, in every group of people that he is able to plant good news, right, among. And, but even, you know, when you think about it, like, the beauty of, like, the of the authenticity. Okay. And when I'm talking about, it, I don't mean the beauty of like us being authentic people. Okay. I'm not because, you know, I think if any of us are like truly honest, especially with like intent, right? That that secret intent that we try to bury. Most of what gets passed on in the name of authenticity is pretty in pretty, you know, authentic. Um, that's, you know, I just know that from personal experience as well. But I'm talking about the authenticity of the gospel, right? Like the, the authentic nature of what is true and good. And you see some of this start to play out here with Titus, right? It, to me, it's like the perfect illustration. It's the perfect example of what happens. And it's a verse that gets overlooked constantly. We see it right here in chapter 2 in Galatians where we are. Um, I love Michele when he writes about it. He says it's one of the most important verses in all of the Bible. And all the scripture, it's not one that you probably have crocheted hanging on your wall. Uh, he says it's probably not one that you want to see tattooed on your granddaughter's forearm. All right, or but right here in verse, <laughs> or forehead, especially. But right here in <laughs> verse three, right, Paul's talking about proclaiming the gospel, the authentic, true, right, the truth, and it's undiluted okay, unadulterated form, the good news of Jesus, our union with God, it is finished, done. Proclaiming that among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain, verse 3, but here, even Titus, who's with me, okay, Titus was not forced, some verses will, some translations will say compelled, was not compelled to be circumcised, though he was a Greek.
1: Yeah. And of course,
0: the Like the evidence of that authenticity of the gospel.
1: Yeah. And just to give, if you're not like reading along, uh, the context is, you know, Paul, after 14 years of just traveling and sharing good news, primarily in in Gentile regions and in context, uh, he goes up to Jerusalem to kind of have this, you know, meeting with these other apostles who he had not really even, even met. And I think a lot of it was he was just annoyed by, you know, these dudes, you know, coming behind him and like undoing good news and misleading people. So finally, he felt like he had to go up there because of a revelation and just have. All right, let's let's compare notes. Let's share stories. Mm -hmm. And he brings Barnabas with him um, and Titus. And these guys are traveling, you know, partners with Paul. Titus was a Greek. Um, and Barnabas was a Jewish convert as well. and I think the beauty of him having both Barnabas and Titus having those different backgrounds is 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 pretty cool for Paul because he's not tailoring his message a certain way when he's around Jewish people, and then he has a different message when he's around Greeks. Now that point mm-hmm. is going to come out in a in a really strong way when we get to verse 11 in this whole confrontation that Paul has with Peter, that's the next episode. But the fact that he has this, you know, diversity of religious background on his team is, I mean, added to the long list of, you know, reasons or, you know, points in his case uh, for why he's able to, you know, argue for this authentic gospel so titus goes up with them to jerusalem and they have this round table this big meeting what is the gospel here's here's what i learned from jesus here's what you learned from jesus here's what these dudes who are saying they're coming from your city and from your churches here's what they're saying let's just settle this thing yep and titus was not compelled to get circumcised because these guys who are troubling the crew in galatia are saying that you do need to be circumcised. Heck, I'm just going to read it, man. I'm just going to read just these first, um, yeah. but, uh, just five verses. Let's just do that. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential. I love Paul's sarcasm here, by the way. Like he's just, yeah, it's good. Like He's pulling zero punches, dude. Though privately, before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. I don't think Paul's concerned about running in vain at all. <clears throat> no. <clears throat> Seems to just be trying to assure them. That, yeah. yeah. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who yep. slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery to them. We did not yield in submission even for a moment. There's like, they're just not having it at all. Yep. <clears throat> we did not yield in submission them even for a moment. So, so that, and this is for me, I love this line so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved For you, honestly, I think that that's part of the mission of Lark. Yeah, is to preserve the authenticity of the gospel, to keep beating the drum of Christ crucified and raised for our justification. Faith alone. Um, Don't breed a spirited horse with a donkey. Yeah, because only a jackass would do that to yeah. preserve the fact that you need to bring nothing to the table. Nothing yeah. is required. And if you miss that you miss the
0: the entire heart of all that God is, of who God is and the life that he's invited us into. I, mm-hmm. I think that's what we don't realize is lost. You wind up with a with a faith that's not faith. You're calling it faith. You're practicing it in the name of faith, but it's it's actually not faith. In this Faith, which actually turns into more like rhythms, religion, oughts, shoulds—you know, fill in the blank. Um, that then, this practice of religion gets tied to an idea of God, and what's lost is the actual heart and truth of who God is. And so you're, you're—it's. Well, I'm following Jesus, but then as you press into this, right? I think what Paul's fighting is here is he's, he's almost like shaking people and saying, "No, you're actually not." You're not following Jesus. I'm not here because I'm angry with you. I'm not here because I don't like you. I'm actually here pleading with you. Because God loves you and so do I and I'm trying to help you realize that that this thing you're calling God that's not him. And this thing you're calling faith isn't faith. Mm. If it's if if your Christianity is about in any in any way if our Christianity is about something that we do Someone that we're becoming, something that together we're achieving. If only we fill in the blank, then it's not Christianity. It's not a life of trust, okay, in the Savior who's united us with our Father by way of the Spirit, who's made us one with the Trinity. That's it, it's not that anymore. If it's if it's you know Christianity is a you know a contrite heart. If, if following Jesus is about uh, Jesus plus personal piety, if it's following Jesus plus social justice activism, I'm not mm-hmm. saying any of those things are bad. What I'm saying is none of those things are Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, what Paul's getting at. When he comes and proclaims this good news that he was taught by Jesus for over three years, right? Peter, James, John, the apostles, all of them are are listening to this guy teach and articulate exactly all the things that they heard Jesus personally teach. This guy, right, that they feared, this guy that was after their throats, they're now listening to him and going, yeah, this is the Jerusalem council, right? What do you see in Acts? This, this is truth. And then here he stands, right, with Titus, and he's like, Titus has grabbed onto this good news, mm-hmm. and he's grabbed onto the authentic nature of it, the undiluted, okay? The undiluted, the raw, the scandalous, the reckless, unadulterated news of Jesus. And, you, the, and he's grabbed onto it in such a way that he's not, and I love that translation, he's not compelled to be circumcised. It's not only that he wasn't, it's not only that everyone around them, when they heard this good news, was able to write the Jerusalem Council, was not to look at him and say, oh, what? You, but you need to, it's Jesus plus this, you need to go do this. No. Not only did he not do this, he's not even compelled to do it. Yeah. I think you're I think you're right, man, but that we really have set out with this heart, you know, like sometimes you know people will say like what's the why of Lark? It's like man, we want to help people see and keep seeing Jesus for who he is so they can live free. Hmm. Like that's probably the the best I can articulate like the why of this thing. And to do that, you have to not only preach the unadulterated news of Jesus, but you have to really work and fight to preserve it, right? Because there's like the religious noise around us, and then there's the religious nature in us. <laughs> you know what I mean, the religious nature in us is always drawn to the religious noise around us. Yeah, and so it's just this constant battle, man, to just keep adding something to the good news. Mm-hmm. And Paul's just not having. It. In fact, he's declaring a good news that makes your toes curl, as you said, right? Like it it's on the precipice of heresy and hmm. you know, I would even dare say like when you look at what Paul's declaring in the name of what the gospel is throughout all the epistles not just in Galatians and then of course all this in relation to what Jesus is taught personally in the Gospels you know you're if if you're not asking yourself so does this mean like there's nothing there's nothing to do there's nothing we can do or if you're not asking yourself so does this mean that we can just go do whatever we want Like, if those questions aren't running through your mind, I would say that the gospel hasn't hit home yet. Right. But if those questions are running through your mind, and you're trying to then wrestle with what to do with them, it's like, on one hand, it's fearful, but on the other hand, it's like, rejoice, rejoice, Mm -hmm. because the, the true nature of the gospel has hit home, the way it hit home with Titus, a dude who heard it and believed it, and though everything around him was saying, your acceptance will be found if you fill in the blank, if you do this one, two, three, ABC instead was not compelled to be circumcised.
1: Yep. Yeah. Pre-show we talked about, um, you know, the difference between something demanding you do something or that you should do something and then just resolving that you will do something. And the gospel produces right God in us just by way of his um presence in our lives. we've talked about it in John 15. there's a beautiful fruit that comes from this freedom, but it comes precisely because it doesn't demand it yeah um, and so we have to lock we have to lock it in our brains that it literally is Jesus plus nothing mm-hmm. Nothing in my hands I bring simply to the cross I cling as the old hymn says, yep, and like we we have to continually keep beating that drum, because though it doesn't require a single thing, because of the passion of this good news, there will be some things that we will do. And so look at what Paul' is yes. doing. Look at what Paul's doing here. He traveled all the way to Jerusalem. Yes. To just have this conversation. Yes. To settle this matter once and for all. And he didn't have to. I mean, even as if you look and read even a little bit farther down, I love this phrase. After verse five and six. And from those who seem to be influential. What they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Those I say who seemed influential added nothing to me. Yeah. And he knew it. Yeah. The popular crowd is irrelevant. (laughs) They added nothing to my gospel. They didn't tweak it. They didn't add to it. They didn't take away from it. I knew it because I learned it from Jesus himself over a course of three years. But because he's passionate about the preservation of this good news and the spread of this good news, what he was willing to do was travel to Jerusalem. And this isn't like hopping on over to O'Hare and taking a flight to the West Coast. Like this Mm -hmm. is like serious out of your way, like long travel. Yeah. Head up here and have this conversation so that he can once and for all settle the fact that it's Jesus plus nothing. Yep.
0: And what I love about that is he's not doing any of this because this is what we must do to be Christians. Well, we like to love God and to love people and, and to care for them and to preserve this and to speak the truth. And I'm just saying there's all these things that we can add into the equation. And what I don't see here, which is what you're bringing up, and I love it, is Paul's not doing this because this is what he must do to be a Christian. Right? It's what you will do. It's mm-hmm. what you can do, right? Mm-hmm. When you awaken to the reality of your union with God and you start to join him, your life starts to become like Jesus's life. And what I mean by that is every day you get to wake up and say, Father, what are you doing today? Because what does Jesus say? I only do what I see my father doing. Mm -hmm. It's really just that simple. All that I need to be, all that I am has already been declared over me. My union with him is sealed. I'm his child, period. Mm -hmm. Right. So now my days are just filled with a life of trusting this truth. Okay, it's called faith. And then by faith, just joining in whatever I see my father doing. Well, apparently Paul sees the father going to the Galatians who have been bewitched by a group of people who are saying that it's Jesus plus fill-in-the-blank to be a Christian, that this is what it means to follow him. This is what it means to live a life of faith. And I don't see Paul going there because this is something that he must do to prove to be a Christian. It's what he will do. Mm -hmm. But, man, that beauty, that simplicity, that joyful ride, and the ups and downs and the flows of it, okay? And the peace that can be found, no matter what circumstances in your life, in that. Because let's face it, Paul's not exactly being welcomed here. This is a guy who's persecuted, right? Every step of the way, as he used to persecute people, as he goes on on his own dime to do this work, and will eventually lose his head for it. All right, like. But it just to me, it it just ties into the, it just ties into the nature, man of, of just letting the truth be what it is letting that take root in us, not adding anything to it. It can lead to these things, man. And we get to be surprised when it happens and we get to rejoice
1: in it. Yeah. And two, like, if you have, if you find yourself, you know, nestled in a community, a church community, maybe even a broader network denomination. Yeah. And you're not like having these sorts of brushes and confrontations with this sort of religion um, and finding yourself having to fight for and preserve uh, the authenticity and purity of the gospel. You might just have to ask yourself, well, why is that? Because it's not like Paul put an end to this drift or this bewitching once for all. No, not so, at all. I mean, we're here talking about it 2,000 <laughs> years later. <laughs> exactly. For it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so if you find yourself just, you know, nestled in one of these, you know, religious communities, which, you know, we're not condemning that at all. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And you don't and you don't find yourself with some of the same frustrations as Paul. You might have to ask why that is. Yeah. Maybe you've grabbed onto a mule. You might be riding yeah. a mule to work every week. Yeah. You might be riding a mule on your way to church every Sunday. Yeah, that's crazy when you
0: think about it, man. Like it's uh it's 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 so easy, right to convolute the you know the morality in the gospel mm-hmm. and it, it just seems like it's a it's an endless push it's all around us, but
1: because it's I not like it Paul, doesn't have its implications, right? I mean, like we're gonna see in the next oh, sure. episode, you know how this relates to just basic friendship relating to just people. Oh, dude,
0: look at the verse, look at Eating verse 10 food. right here in Galatians 2. I mean, after making this case for the, you know, for the purity of of the actual gospel, the good news of Jesus, in in the endorsement that comes right from from the apostles, you know, to Paul and what he's preaching, he says this in verse 10 only the only thing that they asked us, okay, in, in our coming here, in our proclaiming and teaching of this, the only thing they asked us is to remember the poor, the very thing that I was eager to do. Not you must do this in order to have life with God. This is something you must do to become a child. Which, when you really think about that, that just makes no sense. Children don't do anything to 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 become children. <laughs> Make their way into this world, <laughs> right? But, and, and so it's like no. Again, we're we're seeing like what must what we must do and what we will do are two different things. Ethics, morality. Caring, loving, serving, generosity. These are good and beautiful things of the Lord. But these are things that he carries about and produces in and through us by way of his son in us. They're not things that we aim at in advance. They're things that we rejoice in as as we notice, right, in reverse. Yes, by all means, why would I not be eager to look after the poor as we go in and proclaim this good news? But again, this is very different than this is what you must do. And I love the distinction because it seems like Paul has grabbed onto the good news. Titus has grabbed onto the good news because they've become very well aware that ethics, although good and beautiful, can never be the means by which we get in or stay in. Because if that's the case, just looking at the true intent of our hearts in that, you know what I mean? We're all out. all out. It's over. And so it's almost like Paul's not saying that I have a lack of reverence for the law. He's actually saying I. it's because of my reverence for the law. Yes. It is because of my reverence for the law and my irritation with you guys constantly diminishing it. Mm-hmm. You're calling me liberal, yet you're the ones who are being liberal with the law. You're yes. constantly bending it and twisting it and undoing it and turning it into something That you think you can keep.
1: but That it's achievable.
0: Yeah. That you can actually do this. Yeah, I'm going to keep holding this up, what is good and true. And I'm also going to simultaneously rejoice in the God who says, yes, that hasn't gone anywhere. Which is why, by grace, I have chosen to save the world. Yeah. To single-handedly bring you in. To fulfill, through my son, this law. And then to carry it out in and through you but by no means is that a, is, is that what's necessary for you to come in? I'm just going to read this quote, dude, you know, before we wind this one up, man. And I love this. This is from a gentleman. Uh, I just lost it. Give me just a second here.
1: Yeah, you're good. I want to look up, um, a quick passage that connects to this. Jerry Root faculty member of
0: Wheaton college professor scholar on Christian apologetics. Okay. In in relation to CS Lewis. This is a gentleman who was doing a series of lectures at Utah State, okay? And during the final lecture in a crowded auditorium of Mormons and skeptical undergraduates, all right, someone asked Jerry Root how a, how a man as smart as him could be a Christian, okay? And without even pausing to consider the question, as though he had known the truth, like, like, it, like it was in his bones and it, and it carried him every day, Root replied, I'm a Christian because I know enough of my deficiencies to be devastated. I'm a Christian because I know enough of my goodness to distrust it. I don't think I could live without forgiveness and without the grace of God.
1: Hmm.
0: Bro, this is what happens when you don't drag law into the gospel. This is the beauty that happens, right? When you let the law be good and true and you stop diminishing it, but instead, like Paul, you give actual reverence to it. And you rejoice in the fact that Jesus chose to fulfill it single handedly.
1: Hmm. I think we that's keep why keep the
0: commandments by living by faith in Jesus who carries out his work in and through us. That's how that happens now.
1: Yeah, I found the verse I was thinking about because I think it is important. You know, to bring up what you're saying, it's not like this law is is gone or it doesn't stand. It's been fulfilled. Yes. It's been fulfilled in Jesus and not a single dot or an iota of it will pass away. But when Jesus in Matthew 5, 19 says, therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And so you what, how that's normally taught is, um, oh, you're preaching too much grace. You need to add in the equilibrium of the law. Stop letting people off scot-free thinking that this doesn't cost anything. Yeah. You need, you need to get after it. You need to let's, let's get it right. Don't be letting people skate. This has, um, you know, Uh, Racial implications, sexual implications, um, moral implications, social implications. Uh, We need to be getting after these things. We need to be the people of God in this world. And before you know it, you have, you know, bred your spirited horse with a donkey. Um, And just after that, he says, if your righteousness doesn't exceed that of the Pharisees, well, then you're effed. Yep just to let, right, right. Just to let people know, like, dude, your righteousness has to exceed that of the Pharisees. And from a practical standpoint, you're like, dude, we're done. Like oh, who can yeah. do that?
0: Like they' have given do, their entire lives to trying to keep this law.
1: Who can do any of all that? day. And, the, every and day. the only righteousness that can exceed that of the Pharisees is the righteousness that's given to us by faith in the person and finished work of Jesus as a gift, his righteousness yeah. becomes ours. So relaxing the law, is actually convincing people and tricking them that it's achievable and leading yeah. them into a life of the Pharisees or these Judaizers. Bringing the law down to a place where it's achievable mm-hmm. instead of preaching the full force of the law, which just has a ministry of death and leads you to a place where it's just like, dude, I can't freaking do this, man. I'm exhausted. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, a pretty prominent leader like in the missional church world is a guy named Dan White Jr. And uh, he's written some stuff. He's constantly offering like tools and tips for how to go about being a Christian who loves God with all you are and loves your neighbor as yourself and missional communities that follow after this. And I've met Dan and have many conversations with him. And uh, this is in no means uh, diminishing of him as a person, but we hold very different opposite views of what the scriptures are teaching. And so in a recent like, uh dialogue with him he was saying man the biggest thing that i do is i pull a community together and we go through the sermon on the mount for like a year and we do our best to study the sermon on the mount and to practice living out the teachings of the sermon on the mount this is how we bring about the kingdom of god and our neighborhood and i said well man just out of curiosity what do you do when you get to like uh you know <laughs> how, how do you do with that whole like sexual law You know, just, you know, when Jesus is really showing us what it really means to not commit adultery, like, do you are you guys, like, practicing, like, self-mutilation? He's like, oh, no, 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 that's actually just a total misunderstanding of that passage. And then he goes to, like, some resource for how to teach it. I'm like, oh. And so then, you know, I bring up a couple other instances, like, dealing with anger. And I said, what about the whole, like, where Jesus says, be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect? oh, yeah, that's that's a, actually just a misunderstanding that we have of what the word perfect means. And then he throws out some resources that he uses to help teach that. And eventually I just said, so let me get this straight. You get people together and you just skip over the beginning verse that Jesus uses before he unpacks all those things. He's like, well, what do you mean? And that's the verse, Tony, that you just read. Jesus kicks off this entire segment of showing the beauty of ethics when understood and when placed in the right, okay, bucket. And so he does so by beginning with helping us understand, if you think this is something you need to do to get in, and therefore it's something achievable, let me go ahead and just get you in a room now and lock all the exits. Yeah. That's exactly what he does right out of the gate. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of this, no kingdom of God for you. And I'm like, bro, you're, in the name of not being liberal with the gospel, you become liberal with the law with and the then law. nullify the gospel completely. Yeah. And in, in thinking that this is something we need to rally people around. And so and what course, are you, you know, from there, people? It's like, it's crickets, you know, it's like, oh, no, 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 it's, it's, it's you gotta, you know, you've got a misunderstanding. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I think I'm actually just holding up what this says and I'm. I'm looking at my deficiency in it and Mm -hmm. saying, I need a savior. That's the damn point. Mm -hmm.
1: That's the beauty of it, man. That's the invitation in it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who, because of a misunderstanding of Christianity, they're saying no to Jesus because they think that in saying yes to him, they need to get every piece of their life figured out or at least make a promise and a commitment that they are going to do that. And so when they hear the gospel, it's beautiful and it's sweet. And like, it just, you know, it connects with their conscience. It makes their heart explode, but because they've been invited into what Dan white jr is doing, which is, Hey man, cool. If you want to come do this, then sit in my living room for a year and let's go through, you know, Ah, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. um and then we can kind you we know we could finally get there. They usually walk away from it because they think um, it requires you know a certain thing and or 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 this is the
0: saddest part. you live in the opposite realm you you become the self-righteous Judaizer that's traveling around and and sharing the good news that requires you to do to become Mm -hmm. to achieve right and so you now live blind giving yourself to a life of faith to a false god and you enslave other people in the process
1: dude thank god for paul (laughs) and his trip to jerusalem thank god for the letter to the galatians um And he did yes. remember the poor because, um, if I remember correctly, like studying just the background of Galatia and just that region, yeah, it doesn't have, didn't have a lot of infrastructure. Didn't have a lot of resources. Didn't have a lot of, of money. No. And Paul saw a lot of churches get planted here and very thankful for his trip up there for his voice. And I'm thankful for this podcast, man. I'm thankful for the work that you and I are doing on yes. here um yes this is
0: needed and it's good it is man it is and i'm with you man i'm 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 honored and i'm thankful that we can can we can just help people fight the good fight of faith instead of the good fight of religion yeah they are two completely different things one leads to death and one awakens us to a freedom we already have man that's the good news it's got to be jesus plus nothing jesus plus nothing plus nothing everything else can flow from it please please keep remembering that (laughs) yes okay what's your one before we hang up
1: well i got one swig of coffee left
0: in my glass oh to cheers to cheers you with had to look there for a minute grab a hold of this cool vintage florida
1: mug Yeah, I call that your, that's like your apple bottom jean. That's your boot boot cut. That's your boot cut mug. I'm going to go with a Jimmy Buffett sailor mug, but yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cheers, Until next time. Cheers.